Hey girl, you're listening to the For The Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Kenz as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or Mac and Kenz your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. Hello for the girl fam. Welcome back to another episode. We are super excited for today's per usual. We're talking to the girl who's walking through a tough season. Um, Just getting to speak into her life and how she's feeling, where Jesus is in the midst of it. So we're excited. It it can be tough. Life can be tough. And so I'm glad we're not just talking about the highs. We're talking about some hard seasons too. So it's going to be amazing. I'm so pumped. I'm looking at Mac over there, looking so cute with her uh, headphones. Whatever. <laughs> I look the opposite of cute, but that's okay. I mean, that look at me. Look at is me. It's a-okay. Yeah, we are like really slumming <laughs> today for the myself, podcast. Actually, right before this, I was like thinking about how some people record their video and all that and like of recording podcasts. Yeah. Like, that would never work out for us. Like, <laughs> you know, what's funny is we do record the video, but like we don't do anything with it. And we should release like our unreleased footage of our <laughs> hilarious looks that we, we have. literally should. I don't know. We got these matching pink earphones. I guess somebody needs to see them at some point. <laughs> I low key love that we use these headphones for podcasting. There's something about it that makes me feel like it just fits us. That it's they're the most obnoxious, like not cool headphones ever. And I love them. Yeah, it's a good way to stay humble. Like we are not looking at ourselves in this video being like, ooh la la. Ooh. I'm confident. I got it all together. Look at me. Let me speak like that. We are like looking ratchet and weird and like barely don't even like to look at ourselves. We're just here for you. We're here for you. Uh, you guys have to know that every time we podcast now, we are pretty much on the verge of a breakdown each time. Like it's usually not working and we're usually low key stressing behind the scenes. Like I'm not sure if Ken's can hear me ever, but we just keep (laughs) trudging through it. And you know, here we are. We showed up for another day of podcasting, despite knowing that it could be difficult today. We have some roofers working on my house. So we could have some roof noise. Mac, I have uh, an idea. Yeah. What's let's, look, let's check out some of the reviews on our podcast and see what people are saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah that's good. Okay. okay. I'm pulling it up right now as we speak. Okay. I feel like I we need some more. Up my computer. Do you not have your phone with you? Well, I'm currently uh, recording a time lapse because I'm on stories today. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Oh. Yeah, no. Awkward. Are you like thinking about yourself and the way you look for that or not? I'm trying not to. <laughs> oh, I, I found it online. Here we go. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. So these are all really great. So love Wait, we have, what? We have so many five stars. I can't find one that's not five stars, which <laughs> is really sweet guys. But like, we're our haters. I know you're out there. Okay, we got this one though. We got love this encouraging podcast. I'm almost 26 years old. So it isn't just for women in their late teens and early 20s. Amen, girl. Like we I don't know if you know, but I just turned 30. We are not in our teens. We love speaking to you. So 
That's great. And then she continues and says these women and the men that they interview are such encouragement and so uplifting my spirit. Okay. So what? And then it says wink, wink for you, Mac. Sometimes I, why? Why are people saying for you, Mac? (laughs) I have no idea. They must just, you know, love me. (laughs) There's so many. I think we said something. This is another one. It says that was for you, Mac. Another one later on. Okay, what? What do you think? I think I recorded something one time that said, like, let me know. Wink, wink. I don't remember. I kind of vaguely remember saying something. Maybe. I don't know. That is Guys, so we black funny. out after we record these podcasts. We have no idea. So. I was like. This so one's so confused. sweet. She said. Okay, go ahead. This one is so sweet. She said, Mac and Kins have changed my life. We didn't change your life. We just told you about Jesus. Jesus. He changed your life. But Amen. But. We love it. I've never met these girls, and I still consider them my sisters. By the way, I look up to them and their walk with Jesus, and also how welcoming and honest they are on the podcast. If you're a girl unsure if there are other girls out there in the same boat as you, these girls get it. Thank you, ladies, for inspiring me to better my walk with the Lord. Oh, and congrats to Mac for getting married. Another Uh, shout-out. Thank you. (laughs) No, but I love that one because that is our goal in all this. We want to make you feel like you – and we're just hanging out together that like we are your sisters, we're your friends in this because you need yeah. good girlfriends and your walk with Jesus. And if for some reason you don't have them right now and you're looking for them, we can be your stand-ins until they show up in person for you. This girl said, um, y'all are the cutest. Love that. Love that she thinks we're cute. And then she says, I wish your podcast were a little longer, like one to two hours, because you guys have such good points. Okay. Should we we record a two-hour podcast? (laughs) Just one? Should we try? We definitely could talk for two hours about, oh, I found a two-star. Okay, here we go. One of the girls says- Oh, good. One of the girls says, quote-unquote, like- all of the time and her voice. Okay. This is old news. We've already talked about this. Her voice is very childlike. It's hard to get invested in an episode listening to that. <laughs> uh, I think we know it's probably me. <laughs> and <laughs> what am I no. going to do about it? I want to do about it. Kens, we don't know that for sure. Okay. No. Oh my no. gosh. Don't even say that. But it could I- be me. It could be me. <laughs> You know, you guys, if you grew up in Southern California, it would take you a long time to break your Valley Girl accent, too. It's kind of hard. Okay, this girl said, um, I truly love hearing these ladies' hearts and how it aligns with scripture. I'm not a college student, but I'm my early 30s. I definitely feel empowered by their words. But then she only gave us four stars. (laughs) Okay, I like that. She said we had some room to grow, and I appreciate that. You know, This girl said, I love your podcast so much. So much. And then she only gave us three stars. Again, I like your honesty. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you for okay. that. Let's, do, let's end on a good note, though. Let's okay, good find note. us a good one. Okay. Oh, man. Here we go. This podcast has literally changed capital letters, everything. I wish I had found this podcast, Delight Ministries and Mackinkins, back at the beginning of college. But I know that God had me find it just when I needed it. And let me tell you, you need this, too. Seriously, this podcast is going to change the way you view yourself, your life, and most importantly, your relationship with our Heavenly Father. Such a godsend. I'm wow. about to leave a well review worded. on the podcast that's I'm about to leave a review on the podcast that says that one girl always 
bonks her mic and it's really annoying and it's kids <laughs> oh did i just bonk it you were you were just bonking your mic what are you doing uh, over there no i was winding my earphone wire weird <laughs> i'm nervous okay i'm nervous all right that okay. makes me think kids it's really sweet to read all these reviews because i think people probably think that we think we know what we're doing and we're super confident in every episode that we put out, but it could not be further from the truth. We are still, I mean, we're several years into this and still figuring out how to do this, how to do it with confidence. Um, and just like, I finish every episode. And I'm like, did that even matter? Like, gosh, did we like speak anything that's actually going to reach someone? And so every time you guys leave a review and you just let us know, uh, how it's impacted you, how you've encountered Jesus through it. It means the world. It means yeah. literally so much. We seriously do read every single one of them. I have like a weekly routine. I go check those reviews and read them and they make me smile. And I also love when you don't yeah. give us five stars and you and you tell us how we can get better because we want to get better. We really do. So. <laughs> but yeah, you should totally leave a review. It helps us uh, it helps it get on the top of the charts, which I think we've explained this before. We do not care about being the most popular podcast literally at all at all. But we do want everybody. Let's be real. We have no shot. No shot at being the most popular podcast. <laughs> and especially when you scream, Mac, you just, we have no shot. <laughs> okay. I like being a mediocre podcast. Me too. I think <laughs> we're in the middle. All right, so if you just want us to stay mediocre, just don't worry about it, leaving a review. But but that'd be cool if we could let more people know that it exists. So, yeah, absolutely. And if you leave reviews, it like gets yeah. more popular. Okay, so we don't even need whatever. We don't care about this anymore, actually. Change my mind. Okay, Mac <laughs> Attack on the mic. Are you ready for your questions today? Lindsay Kins. <laughs> yes, I'm ready. Are you interviewing me? Or are you answering these with me? Well, last time you interviewed me, so it's only fair. I think that's what happened. Okay. All right. Let's hear them. I mean, maybe I'll like, okay, I'm ready. say a couple things. All right. So okay. first question I have for you is, and this is from the For the Girl audience, um, and the first one is, um, how do you deal with burnout? Oh, such a good question. Such a good question. I think burnout looks so different in so many different seasons. Sometimes I think it's quite literally you have too much on your schedule and you have to start removing things from your schedule. Sometimes it's more of like a mental thing um, or a spiritual attack type thing. And I think you have to really figure that out before you can almost like confront burnout. But the number one thing I would say is I think when you feel burnout, you stop spending time with Jesus often. And I think that is the most detrimental thing you can do. So continue to carve out time and space to be with Jesus. It is your life source. It is the place where you can find true rest. And so you can get creative. Your time with Jesus doesn't have to look like how it's always looked. Like maybe you just need to go for a walk and talk to him. Um, or maybe you just need to put on worship music and go for a drive in your car and talk to him. It doesn't have to look like what you think it looks like, but don't cut out time with Jesus. And then the second thing I would say is straight up, figure out things to say no to. Um, and not so that you can like binge Netflix on the couch, but so that you can replace those things with things that you know give you life and bring you energy. Uh, maybe that's spending time with people. Maybe that's reading a book. Whatever it is, those things that you know uh, 
just fill your cup, do more of that and say no to the things that you've been doing, maybe just to like be impressive or to achieve a goal or whatever it is. And so that's a couple of things. When I'm in a season of burnout, I look for more time to spend with Jesus. And then I look for things to start cutting out because I know that I've kind of added things that are just unnecessary in that season. Yeah, you nailed it. That was amazing. Okay, cool. That's super practical as well. All right, more of a fun question for you is, it's a fun question, but honestly, Lily, I think her name's Lily Lou, Lou, Lily Lou. Lily Lou, that's cute. What a random question. And she said, if you could only speak one word for the whole day, what would it be? (laughs) I know mine. You do? Yep. (laughs) What was your speak? Mine would be like. (laughs) I just said like, like, yeah, Uh, like, like. (laughs) That's so weird. Okay, go ahead. Oh, man. Jesus. It's really hard. One word, obviously. It's really hard. (laughs) One word. I feel like a phrase. I feel like mine have something to do with food, maybe, you know? Hamburger. Hungry. You can say hungry. 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 That's it. Yeah. That way everybody in my life would know, feed me, you know? (laughs) Okay. Such a weird question. But we love you, Lily. Okay. Lily, thank you for that question, actually. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about friendship. I think we've talked about this a bit, but this is a a popular topic as we are BFFs. But uh, the question is, how... (laughs) How do you tell when it's time to let a friendship go or when it's time to fight for one? Ooh, this is a tough, this is a tough one. Um, I, and maybe this is um, controversial, (laughs) but I just don't really believe in letting friendships go completely. I think Ken and I talked to this story about one time where she and I were in a really hard season. I mean, it was volatile. It was toxic. It was all the things that people say, it's time to leave a friendship. And I had gotten to the point where I was like ready to call it quits. I was like, you know what, Ken's like, we can be friends, but we don't have to be best friends. And she looked at me and she was like, no. And I was like, no. And she was like, no. That's dumb. Like we're going to be best friends again. And I was like, okay. And and we were able to get through that. And so I think there's a mindset shift when you just believe in your friend again and you just choose to lay your pride aside. You choose to apologize for all your pieces, all your parts. And I really believe that's just what Jesus has called us to. And yes, There are situations for sure where I'm sure it is better and healthier to maybe release a friendship. But I think for the most part, until you have searched deep within you and allowed God to search your heart and know your heart and call out any misgrievance in that, until you have emptied yourself of everything in you to make that friendship work again, I think keep trying, like keep working Mm -hmm. at it, Um, keep humbling yourself, keep seeking reconciliation because I think it's a really beautiful opportunity to let Jesus do what only he can do and to reconcile things that seem to be so broken. And so um, I think you have to kind of release the old and let, let God make room for something new and it might not look the way it used to be, but I think that God can restore and renew anything. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it might be a hot, might be a hot take on it, but <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hot take, but I do agree. I do feel like it's what Jesus would do. And if anything, like if it's getting really hard, like at least create distance. I think that might be, oh my gosh, I'm playing my podcast. Um, I was looking, I was scrolling because I know we did an episode about this, right? We did an episode about friendships and something, but I can't find it exactly. You guys could probably find it if you start yeah. scrolling, but is it maybe the for the girl who wants a healthy relationship? I think, I don't know, but no, I think that was more about boys. I think that's stuff. dating. Yeah, it was, it's a uh, but, um, it's an oldie. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's I'll find a- it. You keep talking. It's definitely a huge testament to our story. So I feel like we only can speak on that side of like, hey, fight for friendships, especially ones that matter. Like if we're going to talk about friends in your life who you can have like a kingdom purpose or a kingdom impact with, and I'm not even talking about like starting like a ministry like we did, but even in like, even if you could, you know, you've like led little groups together or if you both they're just encouragers or you strengthen each other relationally or whatever it is, like those kind of friendships, even if it's not this way it used to be, like are worth fighting for and getting back to that place. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I think that's, like, that's good. Really true. All right. Well, there's an episode called For the Girl Who Wants to Be a Better Friend. And I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. So for more detail, go there. But anyways, yes. okay, good job answering the questions, Mac. That was awesome. Um, we are going to thank, thank you. Yes, we're going to dive into the rest of this episode. It's going to be amazing. So stay tuned. Hey guys, it's Ken's here. I'm just popping on real quick to ask you to leave a review. This seriously is so helpful because it helps you just like get it in the eyes of so many more people. Um, If you have five seconds, maybe you're running right now, maybe you're driving, maybe you're walking down the street, seriously pull, scroll down on the podcast app, find the little review section and leave like a one sentence review. It might take you one second, but has a huge kingdom impact. Um, If this episode has helped you, given you direction, it's honestly the best first step to get it in the hands of somebody else. So thank you so much. We love reading your reviews. We'll see it out there. And thanks for listening. All right, today we are talking to the girl who's going through a tough season, and gosh, I feel like this podcast could easily become like our most sad podcast out there, but that's really not what we want it to be, because (laughs) I do believe that there's purpose in these seasons, and that although they can feel heavy, God's definitely in the midst of it and working through it. So I hope this actually encourages anybody who's uh, going through something tough, and maybe that's been, um, maybe just been in a really lonely season, just getting to college, just moving to a new city, transitioning somewhere in life, and maybe just things have felt tough and lonely for you. We want to speak to you. Maybe you're going through a breakup and just super sad. I mean, those the aftermath of a breakup is lonely. It's hard. Um, and the healing process just takes time. So maybe you didn't get a job that you really wanted. Maybe where you are, the job you thought you would love isn't what you loved. And that just feels tough. Um, 
yeah, maybe somebody you love's going through something really tough. Maybe you physically are going through something tough. There's so many variables and things. And I think it's important to stay sensitive to any of these people or whatever you're going through. So we're excited to jump in and look at scripture, look at this powerful moment that um, is really powerful for all of us. So yeah, it's going to be so good. Yeah. Yeah. As you were saying that, talking about how this has the potential to be our most sad episode. I was also thinking <laughs> yeah. about how like this this episode really has the potential to be our most listened to episode because how applicable is it to be walking through a tough season? Like it seems like that comes back around for people so often and no matter your circumstances, um, it's just really easy to kind of get down in life and mm-hmm. to kind of forget um, just how God might be working and God might be moving. And so I could just see people scrolling through our kind of episode list and being like, oh, I need to listen to that. And if you are and you clicked on that and you're walking through a tough season, we are so happy you're here because we really believe in the hope that we have in Jesus. And we really believe that walking with him day in and day out, although it might not change those circumstances that are making life really hard, he can be your joy. He can be your hope. He can be um, just like the twinkle in your eye on the hardest, hardest days. And so this episode won't be a, a band-aid because it's still going to take work, but we do hope that this episode just encourages you and mm-hmm. reminds you that you're not alone, that there are so many other women walking through tough seasons. I know for both Ken's and I, we're walking through hard things in our life right now. Um, and the reasons that we're able to like still find joy and still smile and still find purpose in our everyday is because mm-hmm. of who we're in relationship with and that's Jesus. And so mm-hmm. um, I'm really excited about today's episode and just believing and praying that, I don't know, that Jesus finds you in it and that he really does and still new hope and joy in you today. So we are jumping into scripture and we are in, I think, week five of our John study. Um, Some of you have been reading through the book of John with us. Some of you might be doing this later. If you're not reading John at all with us, no worries. We're going to catch you up. Um, But we have been following Jesus from the very beginning in John 1, now through John 19. Last week, we were looking at Jesus with the disciples in the upper room um, when he told them what was about to happen, that some people were going to betray him, um, that all that they had been doing over the last three years walking together was about to uh, have a culmination moment where all that God had designed was going to begin to come into fruition. Mm-hmm. And it is hard heartbreaking. And it's so sad. I mean, today's scripture passage is literally, quite literally, the darkest day in history um, when Jesus goes to the cross and he uh, takes on the sin and the wrath of all of us. And, you know, he dies there on that cross. And so uh, we're going to dive into this and really talk about the significance and the meaning of this. This is where our faith comes from, uh, Mm -hmm. the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so even if you've heard this a million times, would you just lean in with new ears, new eyes, and an open heart to hear what Jesus might want to say to you today? So John 19, 
like I said, Jesus, he'd been arrested, put on trial, and now is being led to his death. And it felt like all hope was lost. I mean, can you imagine being one of the disciples and knowing that your Savior, your Messiah, your friend, your teacher was about to be put to death in one of the most gruesome ways? And so they take him to a place called Golgotha or the skull, which was on the outskirts of the town of Jerusalem. And there he was crucified. He was nailed to the cross that he had to carry in himself. Um, and he was hung there next to two other convicted criminals who were on either side of him. And the soldiers, they hung this sign above him that read Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. It was a, a mocking tone saying, hey, if you're the King of the Jews, here you are, you know, on a cross about to die under Roman control. Are you kicking something? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm winding my thing again. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I was, I was really engulfed in your story, in the story, and I just zipped I out. Could, I could tell. Okay. okay. It's okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Back to where we were, guys. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so his mother, Mary, uh, Mary Magdalene, and even the writer, John, they stood nearby as he hung there taking in his very last breaths. And after several hours of this, we read this passage in John 19 that I want to zero in on. So this is John 19 verses 28 through 30. It says later, knowing that everything had now been finished. And so that scripture would be fulfilled. Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there. So they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus's lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. So Jesus's last words were three words to us in the English language, which is it is finished. But in the Greek word, it was one word, and that word was tetelestai. Tetelestai was the last word that Jesus spoke, and that word carries with it so much significance. There on the cross on a hill outside of the city of Jerusalem, there's this incredible supernatural transaction that took place. When Jesus says those words, it is finished and he dies his death. God himself plays all of the guilt, all the wrath, all the shame, all of the sin that we deserved on the shoulders of his son. And with that one powerful word, everything changed. So you might be wondering what exactly was finished. <laughs> it's kind of random. Jesus just saying it is finished. Well, so many things. This is why this is so cool. All of the fulfillment of the prophecies finish. Jesus's perfect obedience to the Father finished. The flawed religious system was now finished and replaced with a new one. The power of Satan, his sin, shame, guilt, striving, hatred, and death over us finished. The mission that God had sent Jesus to fulfill was finished. So this really powerful moment where so many things were suddenly done, so many things looked different because of what Jesus had done there on the cross for all of us. And what's cool is... Um, we love to nerd out on scripture over here, as you guys know. And so the word tetelestai is not in the simple past tense in Greek as we know it. When we hear that it is finished, we think it's just past tense. 
but rather in the Greek, that word is actually in the perfect tense. And I was never very good at grammar, so I had to look up what this mm-hmm. means. So the Greek perfect tense <laughs> is used to describe a completed action that produces results which are still in effect all the way up to the present. So think about this. That Greek perfect mm-hmm. tense describes something that happened in the past but is still happening today. So when Jesus cried out those words, it is finished, he meant that it was, yes, finished in the past, but it is also still finished in the present here for us today, and it will remain finished in the future forevermore. And so those final words of Jesus are the words that our faith and our freedom is built on today. They mark the beginning of the life that we get and receive in Jesus when we say yes to relationship with him. And his last words become our first words. We get to lead a life from that place of Jesus's victory. We get to live on the other side of it is finished. With that one word to tell us died, Jesus, he righted our wrongs, he erased our debt, and he shredded our guilt. Uh, Jesus's work of redemption was complete. And that is the freedom that we get to live from. We get to live from this place of knowing that all of our battles have been won in Jesus. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, I think so many of us, we live like a totally different way. (laughs) We live life not thinking that the work of God through the life of Jesus has made all of our battles already won, finished, and done. We believe, or we walk around believing that we still have to to fight to defeat all of the sin and shame in our lives. Like that's on our backs. But what I love is to tell us that means that that major battle was won. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, Yes, we're still going to have to fight our smaller battles, but we fight them from a place of victory rather than going to war for ourselves day in and day out. We know that our victory has already been declared in Jesus. And so I think knowing this and reflecting on this changes the way that we face tough seasons. Because if I walk into a tough season knowing that at the end of it, I get victory in Jesus, I can walk into that battle with so much more confidence, with so much more boldness, and with so much more trust because I know the outcome. Mm -hmm. Jesus wins. And because Jesus wins, I win. And I get life, eternal life with him. And so mm-hmm. I think this just changes the way we look at these tough seasons in our life. Like Jesus will win over anxiety. Jesus will win over depression. He's going to win over heartbreak. He's going to win over cancer. He's going to win over infidelity, relationship failures, broken dreams, sickness, death, whatever it is that you're facing in your life right now, Jesus will win. And it might not look like how we think it's going to look, but I love knowing that we get to live from that place of Tetelestai, knowing that Jesus's last words, it is finished, are our first words, knowing that every tough season we walk in and out, he gets the victory. And because he gets the victory, we can trust him in the midst of these tough seasons that he's still working on our behalf and working for our good. And so Mm -hmm. I love this passage in Scripture. Because I think it informs 
how we face these tough seasons. Mm-hmm. Woo! <laughs> you just really leveled up my podcast. <laughs> no, that was amazing. <laughs> I was fully engulfed in every word you were saying. I don't know about everybody else, but just because it really is a beautiful story. And sometimes I'm like, oh, what a cool story. But then I'm like, wait, this is like our reality. Like this is like what we can actually like bring in to our everyday and waking moment. Meaning like every time we wake up, we can remember this truth and it brings us hope. And um, yeah, it just, it does bring us hope. And, but we got to like believe it and we got to apply it, which looks like, like really bringing it into our everyday. We're going to talk a little bit more about it, but um, that is exciting and so good. And wow. (laughs) (laughs) I I love it, kids. That was awesome. (laughs) She's like, yeah, I love it. Amen. You're like, you know, when um, pastors get done and like the uh, other pastor comes up at the end of church and is like, amen. <laughs> yes. Can we give yes. it up for Pastor Mark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm like the cheer squad over here. That I was love- what you just did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And say nothing more. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Okay, moving on. I love it. I love it. Okay, so uh, for today's episode, we really wanted to, like you said, Ken's, yes, we can know that. Um, And we can sometimes just think, oh, what a great story. Like, that's super powerful in this moment. But how do I actually apply that to my everyday life? How do I live from that place of Tetelestai, knowing and trusting that Jesus has already won my battles? And so we don't want to discount your suffering. We don't want to kind of just Jesus juke it and say like, hey, I know you're walking through a really tough season, but Jesus is good, so get over it. That's not what we're saying at all. What we are saying that because of how good Jesus is, we can approach our hard seasons with a different heartbeat, with a different approach. And so we want to just give you four truths to remember in the midst of your tough season. So mm-hmm. from that place of Tetelestai and remembering that in Jesus, it is finished. He has already won. The devil has been trampled, stomped on. He is under his heel. Um, these are things that you can cling to that will draw you into his heart. Um, and I think just help you to find that encouragement and that trust and that steadfastness in your tough seasons. And so four really simple things. The first one is that remembering in the midst of your tough season, God sees you and he sees your pain. I think when you're walking through tough seasons, it can be really easy to just like feel like nobody notices um, and like it's not that big of a deal and that like people are almost like making light of your pain. But we can remember that God sees us and he sees our pain. I love this scripture from Genesis 16. Ken, you wrote about this for an upcoming book that we have coming out, but Mm -hmm. um, it says, she gave the name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. Do you remember what that word, uh, the God who sees? I can't remember what that is. Oh, what it means? 
what it means. Is it like El Shaddai or something? Uh, the God who sees. This is from- oh El Roy. El Roy. El Roy. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is Hagar from the story of Hagar, and Hagar was walking through a really tough season. You can go and read more about that in Genesis 16, Um, but I love that she has this beautiful encounter moment with God, and she says, you are the God who sees me. And so I think just taking a moment to remember that you aren't alone in your pain, that God sees you and he doesn't just see you. He sees that pain you're walking through and he meets you in it. He wants to encounter you in it. Yeah. Um, I always tell Ken's when anytime Ken's and I are in an argument, I'm always like, all I need you to know is all I need you to do is tell me that you see my side. Like you, even though you might not agree with it, you see it. And that brings me so much comfort. <laughs> and so how much more comfort does it bring me to know that my God sees me in my pain. He sees me. He gets it. He knows mm-hmm. it. And he's with me in it. And so just remembering that in the mm-hmm. midst of your test season, God sees you. Yeah, that's so good. I think the I think when we're going through tough stuff, we tend to not believe this or or really we tend to not feel this. Like we're like, oh my gosh, God has totally left me. I don't feel him. This thing's so heavy. Why we have so many questions. Why would he let me go through this? Like why why? And really like I think the truth is is that he never has left you, but I think a lot of times we turn our back on him. Like mm-hmm. we stop spending time with him or yeah, start to not believe in him or we start to forget about him. Um, but the truth is, so I think, I think there's a little ownership that can happen here on our end of being like, okay, I'm going to own that. I've like turned off. I've been turned off. Like I've been turned off by you. I've been turned Mm -hmm. off by the word I've been just turned off. And when you own that and maybe flip that switch a little bit, just to like, it's not even that you've got to like believe again in the full truth, but at least you can have some curiosity again, or you can, um, ask questions again, or um, just notice him or look for him and the things and the places and the conversations around you just a little bit. And I think as you start to do it a little bit, you'll start to see that he's actually there a lot of it and that he's like actually right next to you in the midst of it. And then you got to pay attention because, you know, your season of hardship might not just be over right then and there, things might still continue to be be difficult and be and, and be tough, but then we got to stay attuned to how he's right mm. next to us and in the midst of it. And because he so is, and when we know he is, it's so comforting. Like you said, we, we feel seen. Um, we feel like on the hardest days, at least he's by our side. It doesn't make everything better, but it gives us a little bit of hope and assurance and just a friend through it all. Um, so yeah, I think that there's some ownership and just a challenge in this one to kind of turn our, turn our eyes back to him. That's so good. So good. Yeah. So remembering that in your season of suffering or in your season of just going through something really hard, remember that God sees you and he sees Mm -hmm. your pain. So the second one that I think is really important and really important, especially for, I would say women younger, like, you know, 
if you're in high school, if you're in college, if you're a young adult, remembering this is so important. Whatever you lost or whatever you're going through right now does not define who you are or who you're becoming. I see mm-hmm. so many young women let their hard season define them. Maybe mm-hmm. it's anxiety and they're suddenly defined by their anxiety. All they can tell people is I'm an anxious person. I'm an anxious person. Or maybe it's their heartbreak. You know, that friend that is so heartbreaking. And every time you hung out with her, you know that it's about to be a two hour conversation about that boy. And you're like, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or um, maybe it's just a, a situation, a hard situation with a friend or with family or um, a sickness, whatever it is. And I think oftentimes we believe the lie that like it it now has claim over us that it is all we are. And what I think we have to remember Mm -hmm. is who we are in Jesus. And even if we have lost something, whatever we lost does not hold claim over us. The only thing is Jesus. And I love this scripture from Philippians 3, 8. It says, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Mm -hmm. Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. And I love, this is coming from the apostle writer, Paul, who was a man who knew suffering. I mean, he Mm -hmm. was familiar with it. He was in prison. He was shipwrecked. He was bit by snakes. He was rejected. He was outcasted from society time and time and time again. And what he says here is so powerful. He says, I consider everything a loss because I know that knowing Christ Jesus, gaining Jesus is the thing that is most important to me. And so I think remembering that like you have an identity even in the midst of your tough season and it is Jesus. And even if you lose everything, you Mm -hmm. can still find your worth in who Jesus says you are. And would you cling to that in the midst Mm -hmm. of this tough season? Yeah, that's good. It's easy to feel just so embarrassed and like so quiet about it. And I think our culture has got better about like being a bit more open about the things we're going through. I just think about even like social media right now and people are like, this thing has been so tough for me. I feel like I've lost everything. They're like really open about maybe like talking about it over the media. But then I do still think like, and I read these captions and I look at these like pictures and stuff and I'm like, okay, I love that you're being open and honest about it. But like in the quiet moments when you're by yourself, like, are you really okay with what you've lost? Like, have you really talked to Jesus about it? Like, like what, what is like, your what is the quiet parts of your heart saying? And yeah, I think like we've got to adjust that. And it's so true that like, it doesn't matter like what we've lost because Jesus is so much more and we don't need anything. That's just like, that's something that we've just been told we need to like have status, a great job, a perfect health. Um, we've been told we need a lot, but it's really not true. We don't really need anything but him. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that like, yeah, that's so good. And it's so true. And um, we can find so much more fulfillment in Jesus than anything else. And going through a tough season really, really does teach you that. So yeah, it's a beautiful part Absolutely. It. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. So the first one was God sees you in your pain. The second one was whatever you've lost or whatever you're going through, it does not define who you are or who you're becoming. And then the third thing, and this has been something that I have been like 
all about recently. <laughs> God's yeah. been blowing my mind with it. And I feel like I've talked about it a lot already, but I'm going to talk about it again because I think it's so important. And that is um, that suffering is actually an invitation to be with Jesus. I think that we view suffering as a burden to carry. But I think when we look at the life of Jesus and we look at the life of the early church, even we see that suffering was almost a reward for those closest to Jesus. Um, Mm -hmm. And that you couldn't be close to Jesus almost without knowing that you were going to step into suffering just like he did. Mm -hmm. And if that's true, there must be something in it that is so beautiful and that is so worthwhile. And I believe that it is in our moments of suffering where it's almost the thinnest space for us to encounter Jesus, for us to like really truly rely on him and depend on him and to be co-heirs with him. I love the passage in Romans 8 that talks about this. It says, now if we are children, then we are heirs heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his uh, in His sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. And so if we want to share in the good stuff that the life of Jesus brings, we also have to be willing participants to share in his suffering. And mm-hmm. just like we talked about this passage from John 19, the darkest day in history, Jesus going to the cross for everything that we deserved, the entire weight of the world on his shoulders, abandoned, rejected by his people. He even cried out to his father in heaven, God, if it's your will, would you take this cup from me? Jesus knew the deepest suffering, but yet he willingly was obedient to God and what God had called him to because he trusted his father in heaven and he knew that out of suffering, God could do something incredible and God could do something amazing. And so he submitted to the suffering and then Mm -hmm. that is what all of our faith is built upon. And so I think in tough seasons, remembering that when we submit to the suffering, We're not just submitting to like a hard time and knowing that like life is going to be tough. When we submit to suffering, we're also saying yes to more intimacy with Jesus because we can relate to Jesus in a way that we've never maybe been able to relate with him before. Mm -hmm. We can rely on him in a way that we maybe never been able to rely on him before. And so there is Mm -hmm. beauty in suffering. It's just like um, the Garden of Gethsemane, which was where Jesus went to pray right before going to the cross. Gethsemane means olive press. And when olives are pressed, they produce oil that then has so much value, value for so many other things. And when we go through pressing seasons, there's something really valuable that can come out on the other side. And so will you submit to the suffering knowing that it can grow your intimacy with Jesus in a way that mm-hmm. happy-go-lucky day never can. Yeah. Yes. It's so true. It's so true. And like, it's like, we hate to admit it because we're like, wait, that means I like, <laughs> sometimes it's like a good thing. Sometimes it's full of purpose to go through something. We like don't want to admit it, but it's, but it really is true. I hear a lot of people talk about, you guys have probably said this yourself that Sometimes like in the hard seasons, it's really easy to spend time with him. But then when you're in really happy, good seasons, it's like, it's really like you forget or like it just feels harder. And so 
if you're going through a hard season, like embrace that, like take advantage of these moments and these conversations, like let it actually build your faith rather than build like regret or shame or insecurity or any of the other things like lean into him and let it build more faith because it's like the perfect invitation. It's the perfect invitation. And mm-hmm. um, I think you'll look back when things get a little bit better and you'd be like, gosh, like I miss those days where I was like, felt so hand in hand with him, step in step with him. Like those were like, although they were tough, they were full of like so much intimacy. So don't like mm. waste this moment or these or this time because it's so sweet to to get to be so dependent on him. And yeah, I think it will be a reminder yeah. Yeah. in other seasons to be like, oh, I gotta get more dependent on yeah. him. Like, yeah. So anyways. That's so good. Yeah. And I've been thinking a lot about how when I'm talking to people who are going through tough seasons, we we so quickly want to be like, it's going to be okay. God's got you. He's going to pull you through. Like, it's going to be good again. And I've been thinking about how, like, maybe I've been wrongly discipling people or wrongly encouraging people and rather saying to them, hey, I know you're going through something really hard and you're suffering right now, but like, there is something to be unearthed in this suffering. Like Jesus is with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just don't believe that Jesus like creates suffering so that we can like be made better. I think that the beautiful thing is that when Jesus sees one of his kids suffering, he runs to their side. Mm-hmm. And that's that picture that I get that like Jesus is by my side. It's just like if anyone of like, we're not kids or we don't have kids, but I can imagine that when we have kids and one of our kids gets hurt, we're going to drop everything to be at their side and to comfort them mm-hmm. and to hold them. And so in your season of suffering, knowing that Jesus is dropping everything to be at your side and to hold you. And so will you look into his eyes? Will you, will you lean in? Will you trust him in it? Mm-hmm. And remember that he might not change, like he might not fix it, but yeah. there's something in it that I think is is to be gained through the intimacy with Jesus. And so that's number three. And that brings us to our fourth one. And that is that God doesn't waste a thing in our suffering. Um, I don't believe that Jesus or that God creates suffering. And it's just like, if we are his toughest soldiers, he's going to give his toughest battles. Like, but I do believe that God, in the midst of any of our pain, any of our suffering, He is working for our good. So Mm -hmm. yes, He's maybe not the one that created our suffering, but He's running to our side in our suffering, working all things together for His glory and for our good. And knowing that no matter what hard season I'm facing, um, God is on the move and God Mm -hmm. is bringing together broken things, mending things, healing things. And it might take time to see it, but I know that he doesn't waste one drop of my tears that Mm -hmm. he can be in it. I love, um, Second Corinthians one, three through five, super similar. It's almost like Paul is repeating what he said in Romans eight, but there's a little bit something more here that I want to dig into. It says, praise be to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. 
For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. And so when Mm -hmm. we go through suffering, as Jesus did, we share in his suffering. We also get to share in the comfort that he brings um, from the Father of compassion, that our God is a God of compassion. And then it says this, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So when we go through seasons of pain, mm-hmm. we get to receive God's comfort. And then what we learn and what we gain from that, we then get to use to go and comfort the world. And so this is how I think we see this redemptive story of God not wasting a thing. He can use our own stories of suffering to then be the comfort that helps somebody else through their season of suffering and on and on and on it mm-hmm. goes. And so God maybe didn't create your hard seasons so that, you know, he could use you in somebody else's hard season. But I believe that God was working in the midst of your hard season so that then he could then use you in the midst of somebody else's tough season to be an encouragement, to be um, Mm -hmm. that hand that just reaches out when that person needs it. And so knowing and looking for those opportunities, how God might be working in the midst of your tough season to bring about his redemption, to bring about his glory and to work things together for his good. I yeah, it's a cool right. perspective. Yeah, that's right. It actually changes so much. I think this is the probably, and I'm glad this is the final point. We're really bringing it home here because, like, yeah, if you can like actually look for the reason or for the purpose or find the silver lining in it all and hold on to that, that will bring you through, and that will be like so so good on the days that feels super, super bad. I feel like I've been so experiencing that. You guys know I've talked about it a little bit, but I'm like kind of having some health stuff. And like, I've been like, what the heck? This was so random. Why God just like really threw me for a curveball. And like some days have been like super tough. And um, it's easy to just get in a really hopeless mindset. But it was when I found I was like, okay, like, and this is it's kind of personal, but I feel like I found, I think I, through this, have grown a lot in empathy, like actually understanding what it feels mm-hmm. like to like go through something tough, especially when it comes to like physical health. And I had no understanding of that before and actually was probably a little flippant with it and like push things under the rug and didn't even like care. And now I feel like it's like so much has changed. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can like sit with people and they're suffering or like, I know what this feels like when it comes to this area of life. And so, and in these, that's been hard. I've been like, okay, God, like, no, I know I'm like learning this even deeper. Like I know that I'm like, and that's the thing I've been holding on to. and you have to look for it. And like the first few months, like I had no idea. And it was just felt like a lot of questions and a lot of doubt and like a lot of um, just like annoyance that I was going through it. But then when I, when I was like, okay, no, I feel like I'm growing and I feel like you're right next to me in the midst of this. And like, I know. Yeah. It was when I figured that out that I'm like, it gives like so much purpose to the hard days. So anyways, I really think for Mm -hmm. you, if you're going through something tough, like ask those questions and look for the silver lining. It might not come right away. You still might like, you might have to like be searching for it for a bit of time, just maybe depending on your season. But I do believe that there is a reason and 
God is in the midst of it some way, somehow growing you, refining you, strengthening you and your faith. And so, yeah, hold on to that and let it bring you through. Um, and it is true. Like, you know, no matter how long this might last for you, there's purpose in it. And it's not, God doesn't promise that we're going to have like these perfect, happy butterfly and rainbow days all the time. But he, but he does say that he's going to admit, he's going to be in the midst of it. And at the end of the day, whenever the time comes, it is finished and it is going to get better um, because of Jesus. And so you can definitely mm-hmm. hold on to that. Um, and that is um, so good and so exciting. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. So, yeah, this this whole conversation was framed around John 19 and Jesus on the cross and him saying it is finish. It is finished in the past. It is finished in the future and it will be finished every moment from here on out. He has won over death. He has won over sin. He has won over shame, guilt, wrath, all of those things. It is finished. And we get to live from that place, which is huge. And Mm -hmm. um, remembering that in those tough seasons, when it feels like you want to almost not live from that place and live from a different place of discouragement and um, apathy and doubt and things like that. You can remember these truths. Number one, that God sees you and he sees your pain. Remembering that no matter what you've lost or what you're going through, it does not define you or who you're becoming. Mm -hmm. Um, Remembering that suffering, in our suffering, there's an invitation into deeper intimacy with Jesus and knowing that despite whatever you're going through, God does not waste a thing and we can keep our eyes locked on him and just knowing and trusting that we get to share in our suffering with Jesus. And so, Mm -hmm. um, yes, uh, maybe a downer episode in some ways, but also I believe a really hopeful and encouraging episode. Um, And we've been all over the place. We've laughed (laughs) and we got serious (laughs) and we love doing this with you guys. It's just so fun. And it's not too late to do our John study with us. You can grab it on our website, forthegirl.com. We have some super cute new merch that came out this past week that you have to check out. Um, oh, yeah. uh, our that we based off of John that talks about light and the light of life, how Jesus is the light of our life, the light of our days. And mm. you got to check it out. Yes, it's so good. And yeah, you guys had the best day, the best week, and we will be talking to you soon. Bye, fam.